Welcome to the Adventures After Teaching podcast. If you're an exhausted teacher, this is your place to find inspiration for a new career outside of the classroom. I'm your host, Joanne Howard, primary teacher turned burnout and career coach. I'll be interviewing lots of amazing ex-teachers about their career changes and helping you see how you can use your transferable skills to leave teaching. So welcome everybody. We have got Kat or Catherine Court in today. Hi Kat, thanks so much for coming in to talk to us. Welcome, it's very nice to be here. Yeah, ah, and it's really interesting because Kat works at Deloitte, don't you, Kat? So you have made a really different, um, really different change and uh, yeah, a very, yeah, slightly different um, adventure after teaching than perhaps we've heard about previously of people starting businesses. And we want to hear more from teachers, I think, that have gone into more employed roles because a lot of the people in the community, they, they want a contract, they want to be um, employed in, in full-time and part-time jobs. They don't necessarily want to start their own businesses, which is completely understandable. Um, so do you want to tell us a bit about where you started in terms of your, your school career and, and how you came to leave, if that's okay? So um, I finished and graduated from my PGC in the summer of 2015. I did then from September 2016 till Christmas, I did one term of supply, yeah. which is horrendous. I hated supply with a passion. Nobody talks to you in the staff room. You're like a weird leper. Um, I did not like that. And then I landed a temporary contract at a school that I previously volunteered at. And I was there for two and a half years and I ended up leaving because budget cuts meant that I was being forced to go down to three days a week um I was always on temporary contracts I never ever had a permanent contract I never had security um so that was in kind of the summer of 2019 yeah and at that point I was disillusioned I I had considered go into Deloitte because I have several friends or previous colleagues that worked there and I considered it but I did take on another teaching role and I spent the um, autumn term of 2019 September to Christmas um, teaching year sevens in a high school right um which was difficult it was really really difficult it was a, a really different change of pace um in a high school I think the second that the children come into year seven it's about GCSEs and nothing else mm-hmm. Um, and that find that really tricky. Behaviour was a problem. Mm. Um, and I decided pretty early on in that school that I actually needed to get out. And it was kind of like a moment of clarity that I need to get out right now. It's right. only been like three and a bit years. It hadn't been long. And I just thought, if I don't go now, I will be stuck and I have to go right now. So um, um, a previous colleague from when I previously worked in a bank worked in Deloitte and she was able to refer me for a job so I had an interview an assessment day and I did that in the October half term in secret <laughs> I didn't tell anybody at school um, and I got offered a job so as soon as we went back after half term I handed in my notice and I was done at oh. Christmas gosh gosh and what's tell us a bit about the company like what they actually do just to kind of get paint the picture for us of what yeah what do, what is Deloitte all about so um, Deloitte is often known as one of the big four accountancy firms. They're quite mm-hmm. famous for providing accountancy service and auditing services, but they're known as a professional services company. So they provide really any type of consultancy that a business could ever need. I'd say the most common type of work that's done is tax consultancy. Yeah. found extremely dry and boring, and I'm sure that it is. That's not what I do. Um, 
what I do is very different because Deloitte provides tax audit financial services they are regulated Mm -hmm. and they have to meet like quite um, significant requirements for client due diligence Mm. to make sure they abide by anti-money laundering regulations and that's the job that I do we perform client due diligence on new clients to the firm so we do a lot of research we do a lot of googling to find out if there's any negative press articles about companies and the people that work there and that kind of stuff wow so it's, it's quite You're a detective that's all I'm hearing you are yeah. a little bit like CSI <laughs> yeah it can be really interesting and exciting sometimes and um we deal a lot with like financial crime issues um mm. and things like that so it can get really interesting at times brilliant brilliant and how do, I know you said a friend referred you to the job um what was the job description then what kind of what is your job title so it's a kind of a long one. I'm known as a um, a risk analyst within CDD. Um, CDD team, I think that's what the, the job titles are quite complex sometimes. But um, it's out later, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a risk analyst mm. because I work within quality and risk. Um, and our department is called CDD, which is client due diligence. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell, really. So yeah, I'm a risk analyst. Brilliant, brilliant. So if you if you saw that job spec, like, you know, on Indeed or wherever, what would be some of the, the key or core competencies they would be looking for in that role then or what the job specs that would sound like? Um, I think that the skills would be um, proficient with like your general um, office tools. Yeah. Um, maybe not even proficient, to be honest, just you can navigate your way around a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, you need to be literate because it involves sometimes quite detailed report writing and, and explaining things and summarising. Um, mainly it's research skills. Okay. Can you utilise Google um, and use all the kind of the extra kind of elements of Google, like search strings and plus and, and quotation marks and things like that to get the absolute best out of it and to really hone your searches to find information that's quite specific. So I'd say research is the the most important skill yeah um and then I suppose experience it is preferred but most of the new people that come to the department that I work in don't have any background in mm. anything financial mm. um but things um any kind of knowledge of financial services is, is always a bit helpful anything to do with accountancy or um, any anything like that is always helpful, but it's, it's definitely not necessary. I mean, I'd say definitely if you can navigate your way around Google and use it efficiently, yeah, that's the that's the ultimate skill. It sounds almost like you know anybody with a sort of postgraduate degree, the the kind of the level of research they would have done anyway, um, and using those office tools would be quite yeah suitable for the role. Um, I suppose as well, like your interpersonal skills, because. Although the job that I do, we don't deal face to face with clients. We are dealing with kind of other people in the business, in mm. the Deloitte business. Um, and we are kind of providing a service to them. They're essentially our customers. So we have right. to have really quite um, good interpersonal skills to be in quite close contact with those kinds of people that kind of the high level directors and consultants and that kind of thing and partners. Yeah. Communicate really effectively and professionally with people like that is important as well. Yeah, brilliant. So in terms of like the interview process, um, were there any particular sort of, apart from what you've already mentioned, transferable skills that they were kind of keen to to glean from you as a teacher and to make use of? Um, I, I'm not sure if there's anything kind of specific. 
um I'm trying to recall the interview so the the interview process is like an assessment day right. and then an interview with some members of management from the department you're applying to yeah the assessment day is quite general and it involves kind of some um imaginary scenarios where you're considering um I don't know maybe putting out some social media posts for the firm and and what would be right. the right avenue to go down they're quite creative mm. and there's also an element where you have to kind of draft an email and respond to somebody else's email so that's I suppose to kind of check your um digital literacy skills yeah um the interview obviously was quite personal to me because that was a one-on-one um and I did very much draw on my teaching experience to answer a lot of their questions that's good to know yeah so when they asked about things like um, communication, that type of thing, you've got so many skills in your back pocket where, you know, you're doing parents evenings back to back. You haven't you don't communicate with parents the same way you communicate with your colleagues in school. Mm. You don't communicate with the head teacher the same way you communicate with your teacher friend next door. Yeah. Um, and those skills are really, really useful because you in my job, you're not going to communicate with a tax partner the same way you communicate with another analyst sat next to you yeah um, and being able to adjust your professional style to all you know different types of scenarios is really useful mm. um and things like organization and being able to kind of have that self-motivation to go and figure stuff out not relying on help from other people all the time I know teachers do that all the time yeah. you don't you know yeah. you get a lot of support you're kind of left to, to it um figure it out and get it done kind of thing so that's yeah, useful as well. Absolutely. Like teachers are amazing at working collaboratively in that team, like I said, and yeah, under their own under their own steam and just getting on with it, aren't they? So what do you enjoy about the job specifically? Like what's um, what about the day-to-day is is um so enjoyable or different from teaching, do you think? I think the day-to-day just feels so calm mm. um compared to teaching. I felt like day-to-day in teaching every day was chaotic. Mm. I'm busy I'm rushed and I don't think I ever had a day where I felt like I've done all the jobs I needed to do today I don't know that ever happened um and what I enjoy about this job is that I have enough time in the day to get done what I need to get done obviously there are sometimes busier times and you may fall a little bit behind behind on your tasks but that is quite unusual that's not that's not your normal day that's an unusual day amazing there's be all these teachers listening thinking, I can't imagine. I can't imagine getting home at the end of the day. Yep, done. Yeah. <laughs> do you sleep better then for it, do you think? Yeah. I don't think about work when I'm trying to fall asleep, mm. which is so different than what it was like when I was teaching. I'd worry about children yeah. um, dreadfully, worry about my books, worry about parents' evenings coming up, worry about the resources that I didn't photocopy for the morning. Mm. um I would just have kind of trying to fall asleep have a replay in my head of everything I didn't do today or everything I've done wrong everything I need to do tomorrow whereas now I just close my laptop and that's it if it didn't get done today it'll get done in the morning and you know it's not going to be an issue absolutely and the difference yeah in terms of what it does to your mental health is just one one extreme to the other isn't it really in terms of like yeah you're never going to get it done you're always going to be over preparing like have that hyper vigilance um it's just induces anxiety doesn't it like you said it's always reactive because you can't physically get it all done so are there other things like the holidays etc that you miss or you were concerned about i suppose is the more important question did you have um reservations or concern uh, concerns about leaving teaching 
at the beginning yeah definitely um I mean I won't sugarcoat it completely I did take a really big pay cut to leave okay. to go see Delight it was about £10,000 like yeah. all told that's good um, to know isn't it it's good to know like you know rather yeah. Than, yeah but I'm in a position where I don't have children mm. you know my husband earns a decent enough salary that you know we could deal with it mm. um and you know it I am very lucky that in a way I changed jobs at a time where two months into my new job we physically couldn't spend money anyway because the whole world locked down yeah so actually it was quite fortuitous timing but yet that I was worried about taking a pay cut it was a significant pay cut it still is even though I've been had a promotion and a pay rise but I'm in a position where I can probably in about two or three years get back up to slightly more than what I was in when I left teaching yeah there is the opportunity and yet you do lose a lot of holiday. So we get about um, 25 days. It's about five weeks as standard. You can buy more. You can buy up to 10 more days of holiday with like a flex benefit thing they have. Yeah. Um. So I, I do kind of miss the holidays. However, I do really like being able to take my annual leave whenever I want to. Mm. Um. And I plan to go on holiday during term time so I can <gasps> go to lovely places where there aren't any other children because I don't have my own children. And you'll like save your money there, won't you? <laughs> yeah, it's really nice to be able to take your time off when you want to. Mm. And what I quite like is that I feel like I get more regular time off. It's not as long, like it's the odd Friday, the odd long weekend, yeah, that kind of thing. It's not two weeks at a time or six weeks at a time, like you mm. do for half term and, and holidays and things and some holidays. But it's nice to have, I suppose, every single month I've got at least one long weekend. Brilliant. So you don't need it as well? Like, you know. No, I don't. I don't. You know, that feeling when you get to the end of a half term or a term and you are like a broken person yeah. and you need two weeks off or you will probably pass out. Yeah. You don't get that feel. I don't get that feeling anymore. Um, it's just quite a consistent level of energy required Mm. and I don't count down the weeks till half term anymore so you know I don't feel like I need that time off to recoup and recharge like a four-day weekend is just as nice to me now as a week for half term I would say yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and just to have that Sunday night feeling ready night feeling like you said you're not kind of you're not stressed and worried about getting up and doing the job you feel like confident in your ability to do it I know it's not going to be depleting you even even more have there been any challenges specifically um you know either in general about the transition or the job in itself um I find the transition really smooth I um I, I mean I find the whole thing a complete novelty to be honest when I started um, I was in an office scenario. I'd never really worked in an office before. They had free coffee and it was nice from the <laughs> sh- like coffee machines. And I thought, you don't have to bring your own milk and pay for the coffee. That's That was really novel to me. So I found the transition quite exciting, actually, mm-hmm. because um, just the little small touches made a big difference to me personally. Um, there are times when the job gets complicated, right. deal with some quite complex business structures um and situations um that can get a bit convoluted and complicated but there's generally always somebody that can help you and kind of guide you in the right place Mm. that kind of thing so you kind of you do get into the nitty-gritty of business structures and, and things like that and it can get a bit complicated but 
um, you do pick it up and people always do help you. I think one of the main things I struggled with at the start, towards the start, um, I couldn't get rid of that kind of teacher panic that I've got loads to do and I need to get it all done now. Um, I think that stems from when you're a teacher, you feel every morning you get to school and you think, right, I've got an hour and a half before the children get here. Mm. I've got loads to do. And you're just in a constant panic. I just need to get everything done. I have to quite had to quite regularly remind myself. Yes, you've got cases to do. Yes, you've got things in your inbox, but you've got all day. Like you've got a whole work day just to do all of this. This is the only thing you've got to do. Like there's no children coming that you need to teach. Yeah. And I find it hard to get out of that um that kind of thinking mm, and just like trusting like, that there's nothing hiding that you haven't yeah you've got, got all day yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and what in terms of work because obviously it's quite a large company does it feel like there's those career um opportunities to kind of you know go to different departments or uh, in terms of the um professional development what's that like in in that particular private sector um so professional development is an extremely high priority within the whole firm particularly in my department and we all um take kind of two hours a fortnight we go on sort of do not disturb we have free access to all the courses on linkedin learning mm-hmm. um and a variety of other things and we take that time to kind of you can learn an excel course or you can like take some kind of course or do some kind of learning that where you want to develop yourself wow, um, so that's kind of regular um and i've also kind of taken a lot of the opportunities given where other smaller departments maybe are, are short-staffed and they need some backfill. So I've jumped in and had some training and done some other kind of jobs as well. Brilliant. Um, and the opportunities are there, you just have to kind of say yes. And and I I don't want to kind of the job to get boring, so I always say yes to the extra stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of like, we've talked a little bit around like the mindset of, you know, make, making the move and like kind of settling in and it being easier than potentially um, people might think it is. Do you have any other uh, pieces of advice if there are teachers thinking, you know, I'd, I'd love to just, I'd love to move into an office environment, but I'm not sure I can do it because there is a huge sense of imposter syndrome potentially, and this idea of like this, all the grown ups out there do the professional jobs, and you know, we're still yeah. at school. Um, any words of wisdom or advice around that? Um, I think if. <sighs> I do suffer from imposter syndrome, but I find in the job I do now, it's much, much less prevalent and I can overcome it quite quickly. Mm. I never, ever could do that in teaching because the environment I always found to be quite toxic yeah. um, and negative um, and the kind of the, uh, it felt like kind of your your self-esteem kind of was kind of constantly under attack yeah Yeah. whereas where I work now there's a kind of a huge push to recognize people when they do well Mm. management are are always reaching out and thanking people when they do something extra it's quite public um people are heavily praised when they do a good job Uh and you do get kind of rewarded to do so um obviously I can only speak for Deloitte I don't know about you know other public sector uh, private companies Mm. but I just find the environment the culture is it just couldn't be more different yeah it's just incredibly supportive and when you've got the work ethic of a teacher yes you will be fine absolutely absolutely fine in any private company 
you you'll be shocked at yes. um, how much you can kind of ease ease off a little bit if you bring that teacher work ethic to yeah to a company you'll be fine that's I think such a good point such a good point to finish with in terms of the um you know, looking at job spec, et cetera, you've talked about you know, doing Excel course. And I've said before, you know, Future Learn, for example, have so many free courses. And you know, when you're looking at those office jobs, just for you know, anybody listening, having already done that, there are courses you can take for free to brush up on Word and Excel and you know, maybe looking at some of those client management systems or, or something. So, yeah, just having a look at the job spec, seeing what, um, what programs are coming, propping up time and time again and, and seeing what free training is out there. But as you said, Kat, yeah, if you've, um, if you've been a teacher, you're not going to struggle with workload. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> you have so, so many skills. I remember working at Friends Provident. I wasn't actually a teacher at that point, but it reminds when you talked about your job um in our kind of like pre-chat it reminded me of when I worked at Friends Provident and you know potentially they do they do similar things all, all pension stuff really but yeah you just have to like basically drag out your tasks in the day otherwise you'd end up in the filing room and um <laughs> it was just it baffled me it was like well, I can do this in the morning and I'm not like not saying every office environment is like that at all but um it's it can be a such a, a difference in terms of the pace and allowing yourself the time to work normally as it were rather than frenetically yeah. but you're happy you're still enjoying it yeah I love it I'm, I'm I am really enjoying it and at the moment I'm not doing I'm not just in the normal role I'm actually training new people who are into the role so Brilliant. I am utilizing the teaching skills still and um seems to be um, appreciated by management as well that mm. you know I seem to be able to communicate things and train people well so mm. that's be that's really positive as well fantastic well thank you so much for coming to talk about yeah your role and the company you work in because we definitely need lots of teachers to say yeah I'm happy on the other side and you can absolutely do it it's like don't don't worry about it it's um making the leap obviously takes it can take a little bit of planning but yeah yeah we're here for for. thank you so much for your time and yeah continue to enjoy the job and love to hear, hear where you are in a couple of years time if you come back and tell us tell us more about it thank you Take care. You've been listening to the Adventures After Teaching podcast with Joanne Howard. If you found this episode inspiring, please do like and share with other teachers. If you'd like to hear even more Adventures After Teaching, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to find out how the Adventures After Teaching Academy program can help you create your next career, head over to adventuresafterteaching.com.